This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to the show. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. This is The Soul's Journey, Astrology and Channeling with, uh, insert my name here. Tonight's show is uh, primarily an interview with uh, Teza Jalsida, who is a friend of mine uh, from Vancouver, BC. She's an Akashic Records practitioner. We interviewed each other. She did a, a video of me that she put on her YouTube channel. You can look her up. Just look up T-E-Z-A, uh, Teza, on a, on a YouTube, and you'll find this 20-minute interview with me about um, how I got started in this work and my background uh, as a student of philosophy in college and my relationship with the ideas of some thinkers that uh, – anyway, the, that interview is actually really interesting because it brings out stuff I I don't talk about but informs – I don't talk about publicly but really informs how I do what I do and why. So you can check that out. And then here is a little trade-off. You get uh, – almost a half an hour interview with, with Teza. When I was in Vancouver, I had a an Akashic Records reading with her, and uh, I, I participated in one of her two-hour activations, a kind of a workshop to open the records, and I was really amazed at how this very bright and bubbly and positive, uh, my experience of her has a lot to do with Jupiter. You know, I, I take a cue to embrace Jupiter and joy and happiness when I'm with her. Um, but during the session, I watched her transform into this Plutonian, um, wonderful, witchy presence, this very wonderful Lilith Scorpio presence. And, and as you'll hear in this interview, she has her son in Scorpio, conjunct Neptune. And uh, anyway, so after the interview is complete, we're going to take, uh, take a break, and then we're going to come back and I will cover natal Neptune aspects with with inner planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, just to shed some light on that, because I have the Moon with Neptune, she has the Sun with Neptune, and we talked about that a little in the interview. So enjoy this interview with with Teza Jalsida, and uh, I'll see you after the break. Oh, one note that may be helpful as you listen <laughs> is that we're um, we start the interview kind of spontaneously. We're getting some some juice in this market. Uh, in, in North Vancouver and Lonsdale Key, and we um, got the juice, and then I was just suddenly inspired to bring the thing out. So you're going to hear market sounds and somebody singing in the beginning to the side. We go outside eventually, uh, pretty quickly, but then there are dogs running around and children playing. And uh, so anyway, that's what some of those sounds in the background are uh, during during this interview. <laughs> so I want to I want to know how you get started with the question. At first, like around 2008, I didn't even know Akashic Records, what it's all about, right? Uh-huh. So my girlfriend told me, go take have a reading about your Akashic Records. And I'm like, is it about music? Because it's records. <laughs> I'm like, duh. 
Tell me a little about the process mm-hmm. of like what it means to open the records and what that what that looks like. Yeah. So we're actually tapping into the records already when we're dreaming, when we're having astral travel, when we're in the zone, when we were creative, when like artists are creative. Okay. So basically we're already in it. So there's different paths that you could take. But this one that I'm teaching is about um, through a prayer, so it's a sacred prayer. So it's like um, connecting to your soul. So basically you're asking, you're praying to the lords of the Akashic Records, who holds and keeps the records of uh, your life. So when you have that prayer, you're, you have that initiation, you have that opening. <laughs> Look at this one. <laughs> We're in uh, Logsdale, North Ontario, <laughs> and the dog just came. Uh, so yeah, the Lords of the Akashic Records are the keepers. So, and your ascended masters, your spiritual kings and guides, they're interceded. Okay. 
to, to assist you. Okay. So when you have, and before you touch the Akashic Records, actually you have to have this uh, forgiveness. So you go through a process of forgiving, okay. consciously and unconsciously, all the sentient beings that you've uh, hurt, or these people that have hurt you, not only in this timeline. So you're actually forgiving all your timelines, other dimensions, realities, and then there's this uh, clearing of your energy. So basically, you have to be pure, like in your energy level. Okay. And then you, you could tap into your records. Would you say that it's, you know, to, to work with those beings and to work on that level, it has to be love-based, so that's why you have to be compassionate? Yes. Okay, okay. It is the high frequency of uh, love <laughs> and light, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're so playful. Yeah. Mm. Labrador is my favorite. Oh, Labrador. Black and brown and look, Labrador. I'm yeah. wearing a Labrador. Labrador, Labrador, right. I have two in my yeah. bag. Yeah. yeah. I just love Labradorites. They have a good nature. They're, they're yeah, very they good are, nature. They are Labradorites, eh? Oh, Labrador. Labradorites, I mean. yeah. <laughs> Labrador retrievers. That's yeah. Beautiful. So, so, can anything be healed? Yeah. It's amazing. It's like okay. um, cancer. I actually have cancer patients that have been healed and mm. now I'm actually um, offering my service to this girl she has cancer of uh, thyroid and lung, um, thyroid and colon okay. so I'm going to be seeing her and now I'm finding myself to be a volunteer in this um, hospital okay. yeah it's, anything can be healed any um, um, physical or mental emotional because it's your soul, so the, the healing takes place in your soul, in your um, past life. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so being a nurse, you're working in a nursing home. That's mm -hmm. where you've been for a few decades, right? For yeah, years. Yeah, so what is it's such a different way of looking at things? Because in the nursing home, you're or in any kind of um, medical. medical nursing uh, context like that, you know, you're you're holding space for that system to unfold. You're like, yeah. you know, so it's it's such a different thing to to work with the energy and the consciousness yeah. about it. Yeah. Because there's the, the mindset that prevails in that medical. You know, this is just mm -hmm. rad, this is radically different. Yes, that's why yeah. I ask myself, I ask my guys, or you know, why am I in this nursing home? Because right. I'm really not into fields. Uh, you know, I yeah. Yeah, because I believe in holistic healing. Like, I actually take care of mentally uh, challenged uh, patients. Because it's a kind of, it's a mixture of uh, adults and geriatric. So I feel like if they're taking antidepressants and they're not getting the right uh, therapy, like people listening to them, it's, it's useless because they don't feel it. So I, I, yeah, so I, I incorporate my nursing with love and actually it's amazing because uh, the, the elders are asking for energy healing. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're, they're open the now. There. Yeah, they, they call it magic. Mm -hmm. So they yeah. feel really relaxed and they want they want me to give them energy healing. So like I and my managers, my directors are aware of what I do. Yeah. And they actually ask for healing as well. So it's it's now open and it's becoming more conscious and where I work is actually um, 
practicing Eden theory. It started from New York. So it's about incorporating uh, animals. So some of our residents have cats, mm-hmm. and so we have uh, birds, oh. aquariums. Okay. Yeah, we have pets. We have cats in, on the floor. Oh, interesting. Like communal cats? Like yeah, we have a communal cat. Okay. So habitat. And huh. we have uh, children that come to the nursing home, so they have interactions with the elders. So then, you know, the Eden theory is about uh, the elders are being are feeling helpless, worthless, lonesome. So those three, they call it three plagues. So our approach is totally different from other nursing homes because we incorporate that. So, yeah, so it's really more conducive to energy. I think it's interesting. I mean, it's a nursing home. So this Eden theory, that's Mm -hmm. what it's called. That that idea, what are the three things again? Uh, Lonesomeness, uh, feeling worthless, and... uh, like helpless. helpless. Yeah. I mean, that is, in it, like as I see it, that is actually the reality for for many people. But yeah. they're distracted by the career. Yeah. They're distracted by That's the so things true, they want. Right? And so then, when certain things end, like the kids grow up and they go away, they have their own families. They may live far away. And then when your own, you know, any usefulness you may have derived through your own career, mm-hmm. or even living in your home independently and when that's done then, then these things can set in I think like that's actually happening for many people anyway yeah but in that context it comes out there's like yes. a space for those feelings to rise up because what what else are you doing yeah because things are slowing down and winding down and well, I want to ask you also you know when you're doing when you're doing readings for people just kind of as a general theme like what what is the thing that, that you see over and over again that that helps them the most. Like, what what is it that happens in the readings that helps the client the most? Most, um, I think that it's something clicks in with them. Like, if I see a past life, and this past life, you know, like uh, for example, this woman, I saw uh, a past life of her as a slave, and I don't really understand. You know, like uh, I just tell this person because I'm seeing a slave, yeah. and there's that. Uh, kind of like an iron cast around her neck, uh-huh. you know. And when I told it, you know, I told her, she said, "Oh my God, that's why I, I always feel that I I don't have a choice, that I have no freedom." So it really, she she gets a breakthrough, okay. and she understands why this emotion that is so strong that she can't have a you know like a, a breakthrough right. with this kind of situation. And then her relationship, the way she sees her relationship changes. She finally finds inner strength. So, you know, it kind of puts everything into pieces why uh, things are happening in your life right now and what are the blockages. And also energetically, they will feel uh, open. They will feel, you know, more, they're able to feel and express their emotions. Right. So it's like, it's just very um, comforting and like cleansing. And yeah, it's, okay. it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, things can change. So then, you know, the same kind of question, but now for the people you're, you're training to do this. What what do you see as a pattern in what they, what the, you know, 
you know, I'm, I'm assuming that people who want to learn how to do this from you have had this reading with you or have readings like this in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, what you watch students go through as yeah. they learn to, to do this for, yeah, for themselves for and others. Yeah. They learn to be empowered. Okay. Like, at first, they, they're like victims, you know, blaming the other person for how their relationship doesn't work. Okay. And then uh, they, they see why they're attracting the same pattern. So they will see their blockages. So level one is actually about clearing and releasing your blockages. and releasing, Your own stuff. Yeah, your yeah. stuff, okay. victim consciousness. And then the level two is amazing because what happened is um, you're, you're consulting another person. And after the consultation, you actually go back to your records and consult your records. So, because there's a resonance why this person had come to you right. and what uh, the lesson for you that you, you still have to be aware. So you're you're transcending as well as your uh, teaching. So you're becoming more in tune with your patterns, your conditions. Right. So the more you heal, the more the more you uh, read other people, the more um, involved you get. Has what you attracted in mm-hmm. clients and students changed over the years? Yes. What did, what did you use to draw, and then what did you see that oh, yeah. helped you shift out of that to something else? It, they come into like a, a theme. Like, of course. Yeah, like three months I would get. It depends. And also, it it also rhymes with the books that I'm writing. Okay. So, there was a time, like, for two months I would receive people that have uh, broken relationships, you know, brokenness in the heart. So, mm-hmm. I was working with the heart chakra. Okay. So That's pretty standard. I mean, I have yeah, that experience. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. they they come. It, so it, I feel like the, the the scribe or the book itself, you know, it writes by itself. Right. Yeah. The people come because they're part of the book. So right. the Akashic Records, um, the writings that I do it are actually all based in the experiences that I have with the clients. So my clients are actually the ones giving me the information to uh, access the records of, you know, like our consciousness. Yeah. That's really interesting because um, just because you have uh, your natal sun in Scorpio with Neptune in Scorpio. Mm. And so for me that, you know, it's like your sun needs to operate as this satellite dish gathering things in. So that makes <laughs> makes total why. sense. Like if you, with a sun conjunct Neptune, if you work really hard and try to force something, it simply won't happen. Or or it'll it'll build a bunch of energy in a bubble that then bursts and then yeah. you feel disappointed. So so that's a great way to do it, allowing yes. that input and allowing those people coming in to yes. to cause the book to be written. Because yes. right? the energy of the book is there, yes. but the actual yeah, yeah, to actually make that happen. Yeah, I love it. It's like I I have no more resistance. That's the fr- that's what I learned. I, I just you. go with the flow. Yeah. Like when when a person comes to me, this person is massive to me. It's a gift. Like I see the person as a soul. So the soul is, is telling me something that I needed to pay attention. Yeah. So I really also I'm very uh, humble that way. Like um, I always 
teach my students humility because uh, without humility the ego takes over and everything collapses. So you're back into level one. I didn't realize it till just now, but um, I've done a series of radio shows on living with Neptune energy. Because Neptune for most people seems confusing and sometimes astrologers teach that you can't really understand it. But it's the idea of going with the flow and allowing and surrendering to something. And so I just realized that this interview fits with that. I didn't get yeah. that before. I knew you were Sun Neptune together. I think my experience of you is very that, that you are in a kind of Neptunian groove that really works well. But I didn't realize till just now that that's what was going it's on here. <laughs> that's why we're yeah. walking in a market and yeah. feel like an interview is coming. I mean, I'm a I'm a Moon Neptune person. So so Sun is a center yeah. personality. That's yeah. for you. For me, Moon emotion is mm-hmm. with that big satellite dish. And so for me, with feelings. I need to go with the flow, you know, yes. and, and I think doing a lot of emotional healing work, I do, mm-hmm. because I never know what's going to happen, yeah. and, and a client, I never know what the client's going to be experiencing, I just let it happen, yeah. but um, but I still have that sun trying to make things happen, you know, so I'm still uh-huh. trying to, to get uh, everything aligned with aligned with Neptune, too. Well, isn't that perfect, sun in Neptune, in Neptune? Yeah, it is, yeah. And we're both Scorpios. Both Scorpios, yeah. Very strong. So what's the... Regarding your own experience, like basically since your first Akashic Records reading, you know, so years ago, yes. what what is the thing about yourself that you learned that you didn't know before? Because sometimes, like, you know, if you're sitting with a client and the, the client feels like she doesn't have choices and you say, oh, well, there's a life of a slave and here's this image and here's this thing, and that person can connect with that. Yeah. But what is the thing about yourself that you learned that you didn't know before that helped really open something or change something mm. since you learned it? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I really um, be- became in tune with my mastery. I have a medical doctor that I'm very close, and he actually comes for a reading. So Dr. Ruth Adina okay. is uh, a part of the second book, which is Science of Manifestation. Which is coming out soon? Coming out soon. Tell us, tell us one. <laughs> Cheryl is working on it. Oh. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl is my partner. What is she doing with the illustration? Editing again. Editing? Yeah, Great. it's like a final ed- editing. So I just bumped into him in the nursing home, so Dr. Mm-hmm. Ruth Adina really uh, put me in this, into a space where I'm talking to him and he will say, Tessa, you know, you're beyond this world. It's like you're, you know, you're, you're connecting to the ascended master. So it, it really puts me into a space where, oh wow, this doctor believes in me. It's faith. I have to believe in myself. So now I'm in a space where I believe everything is given when you surrender. I'm not even playing my own life story anymore. So it's just, I'm here and I'm being guided and I listen, I open my heart, I allow uh, people in my life because I am here and I'm being guided. Like last night, I told you I heard this voice so loud. (laughs) I was reading your book, oh my goodness. When I started reading Lilith, I'm like, I couldn't put it down, but I have to sleep, okay? I'm yeah, like, okay, I have, to put, I have to put this down. Because you've had sleep. a big week with the expo and then yes, work, yeah, work, yeah. so yeah. Too much Needed, energy, right? Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to, yeah, take care of my own health. Yeah. So I'm reading and I, I fell asleep. The Lilith book is beside my bed. At two in the morning, there's this loud voice of a male. Teza! I'm like, 
oh my gosh, who was that? I yeah. jump and you know, I jump, I went downstairs, yeah. check the door, there's nobody. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that because I usually hear you know, clear audience, but this is so profound. It woke me up. I think it's Metatron. Yes. I think it was Metatron. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so strong. I'm like, whoo, you know, my heart just popped. Yeah, so, yeah, I have never heard that word. So uh, can I um, offer you something? Yes. That, so I think that because Metatron sometimes inside my head, so I feel like I understand why he was doing that. You know the material in the Lilith book about mm-hmm. healing the wild and and the the perspective on honoring the feminine that's yes. in that book yes. might be something, something that's ready it. that's ready for you. Yeah. Yes. I mean you're not al- you're not alone. Like ev- the, as I told you, that, mm-hmm. that's my most popular book because people really crave a positive interpretation yeah. of this archetype but I think that's why he's like yeah. like, he's uh, like don't don't, uh, <laughs> don't forget this connection you have to this material oh yeah I feel like that's what he was oh, saying like, like wait you're gonna go to sleep wait a minute yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> wake up wake up and yeah. you know I, I just know it because there's a lot of women uh, as a woman I'm talking about my experience yeah. I have a lot of uh, suppressed energies that I, I wasn't allowed to express exactly you know like uh, my, my cravings my desires my sexuality yep. my uh, passion the way I see things, the way I was judged, the way I was criticized. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you know, half of my life I've been uh, feeling all these rejections, judgments, critics. And yes. this is the time, really, to just, you know, empower empower ourselves as not even only women. It's just like the feminine energy within the male person. That's right. It's the divine feminine energy. Just that we are it, you know, we are nurtured, we're receptive, and really opening to receiving love for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Because we have been denied. You know, I, I'm su- such a giver. I was brought up like giving, is always giving, you give yourself, give yourself. Yeah. But I've never had that um, ability to be able to receive love. Right. That I'm... Uh, that I'm this being that I'm, you know, just receiving is a special feeling, you know, that you get that, wow, I'm appreciated and validated. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, this, um, yeah, I'm just in that space of, um, I don't know where I'm going next. I'm just being guided. Well, one of the things about the Lilith energy, you know, as we're talking about surrender mm-hmm. and the Sun Neptune thing you have, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, one of the things that, that's really different about... It's like different and also similar and common with Lilith energy. Lilith energy is really the, the lower chakra. And it's really that instinctive... Like going... Surrendering to instinct. Yeah. So what I see in you is that surrendering to guidance and surrendering to spirit yes. and the flow, right? Yes. And And when you can add... When anybody who's got already in that nep- that good Neptune mm-hmm. space can add that 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 lower chakra free will, yeah. that's that's, that's a unstoppable. Yeah. That that really is the unstoppable yeah. thing. So to so to be in principle and in reality in practice surrendered, mm-hmm. but then to be in those lower chakras so that you know we talked about sense of smell, you yeah. know, and you know the idea that somebody this is central to the Lilith book, but somebody mm-hmm. might 
look good on paper. Your friend yeah. says, hey, let me, let, let's meet my friend. So-and-so is great. And you're with that person, your skin crawls. And it's, yeah. it's like biochemical. Yeah. It's like hormonal. Yeah. I cannot do... That is that Lilith truth. Oh, wow. You know? I always have that. You always have that. Yeah. So you're, you're very, very... You're a very strong mm-hmm. Lilith figure. And... Um, but yeah, most, most Earth cultures have, over the last 2,000 years, have shamed women just for being women because they might topple the power structure mm-hmm. if they're allowed to be equal. Yeah. And so, you know, as far as like being judged or criticized, like, um, it's, 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 uh, you know, you're, you're actually living in a society now where there's a lot more openness than maybe where you were, where you grew up. You yeah. grew up in the Philippines. Philippines. And, um, whatever, you know, every culture has its own traditional thing, but, um, but I just get the sense that, um, you know, not to be disrespectful, but mm-hmm. to grow beyond Philippine culture yeah. in the heart-centered oh, yeah. way, and then also in that lower chakra way, yeah. so that you can honor your desires and your and your sexuality. But also, almost with Lilith, what's more important than desire is mm-hmm. the the um, empowerment to say no to what we don't want. Yeah. That's almost stronger yeah. because if I tell somebody to say, well, you know, in my work, I do a lot of mm-hmm. you know telling people. Uh, decide you're willing to say yes please to what you like and no thank you to what you don't like yeah. and people say yeah yeah sure but then I say no 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 really think about that do you really say yes to something you like mm-hmm. do you really say no to something you don't like and most of us don't and so you're already in that Neptune empowered space and then to add the Lilith thing to it yeah. this root lower chakra instinct and mm-hmm. it's the it's like fire it's emotion but it's also fire but to add that in it really I think Will will help you be unstoppable. Uh-huh. Yeah, seriously, I really. Thank you. So I'm glad I'm glad that that book appealed to you, and I'm wow. glad Metatron came to you. I mean, as I told you, that book is not channeled, but the teachings kind of come from Metatron indirectly, and um, so that's why. So amazing! Yeah, great. I'm going to read that on my retreat. Good. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So will you um will you tell us what your what your website is and how to get in contact mm. with you if people want to reach out? My website is um, akashic soul healingcom Great. And you can uh, contact me Tessa dot uh, akashic soul healing at gmail.com. Great. Great. Facebook. Tessa Shalsita. You spell that? Yeah. Z O Z. Yeah, that's alright. I A L C I C A. Great. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth, Saint Germain and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second and third chakras while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, Increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. 
Included with each charge piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Back to the Soul's Journey. This is Tom from tdjacobs.com, and you heard an interview with Akashic Records reader and teacher and author Teza Jalsada from Burnaby, British Columbia. Uh, now we're going to move into oh, actually announcements. I skipped the announcements in the beginning because I wanted to get right to the interview. Uh, the announcements. Um, my friend Marina Orms um, has just come out with her first book called Cycles of Healing. Her site is astrologyheals.com and uh, she honored me by asking me to write the foreword for uh, this book so I had a chance to read the, the, the manuscript toward the end of the process and write a foreword so really had a, a great time doing that and really appreciating the Aquarian Age vision that she brings with this book called uh, Cycles of Healing so you can check that out she will be on the show soon to talk about uh, the book um, and then really the focus is on well, cycles of healing. The focus is on really getting into looking at hemicycles, waxing and waning hemicycles, both with natal aspects in the chart and by transit. So looking at um, where where your personal wiring is, like where you are in your um, natal wiring in a certain planetary relationship between two planets in their cycle, and then also by transit and how to understand these chapters. So I found it really interesting, and it's definitely an evolutionary astrology Aquarian Age book. So I was really proud to be able to uh, participate in that. And, um, and my girlfriend, Jillian Sheridan, um, edited the book. So I was hearing about the book for months and months and months. And then Marina asked me to uh, write the foreword, and I said, Really, you want me to write the foreword? <laughs> like I'm nobody. Who, who is it? You know. And she said it's about resonance and it's about you know being on the same page. And so I was really honored to do that. So I heard about this book for about a year. And actually, when I met Marina years ago at Stephen Forrest Apprenticeship Program, the one of the very first things we talked about was this book that was in her head that she wanted to write. And she didn't know how long it would be. You know, she had all these questions and is it going to be self-published or you know, all these questions. And so over the years, we've chatted about it and I'm just really proud of her and really happy to be able to, uh, to spread the word that this book, Cycles of Healing, is available. So I encourage you to check that out at astrologyheals.com. Also worth noting is the uh, 
monthly drawing for a free on-air reading with me, email tom at tdjacobs.com with the subject TSJ Monthly Drawing and enter. You enter every month, and then around the middle of the month, I pick a winner, and at the end of the month, the last Wednesday of each month, the winner is on the air. Last month, we had Anna S., who... um, uh, we had her reading done on the air. It was, it was fantastic. We were talked about, she had a question about her nodes and the conjunctions to each node and talking about that karmically and what it means. Um, but it can be kind of a free-for-all, anything that you want to know that doesn't involve prediction or something like that. So uh, write me at tom at tdjacobs.com with the subject TSJ Monthly Drawing to enter for a free reading. Now let's move on to the... Uh, aspect. Oh, one more. One, let me interrupt myself for one moment. Um, new on the on my website on the crystals page is uh, charged mukaite, and uh, I'm happy to to bring that out. Uh, it's I, I love mukaite. It looks like dessert. It looks like a treat. Um, looks like a cross section of a wonderful pudding concoction. <laughs> um, and so I put up a handful of pieces that are programmed, and these are about sixth chakra opening and about connecting to spirit guides. Uh, you can read more about that, including some experiences, um, and also an, an, an MP3 that I recorded while I was programming them. Uh, you can get that on the Mukai page. So go to tdjacobs.com forward slash crystals.html, and you'll be able to see all seven kinds of stones that are currently available. And the um, dot 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 three that will be available over the coming uh, months. I did get a lapidary saw a few weeks ago or last week. So um, when I get back from Seaforth's program, I'm going to uh, uh, start cutting pink opal. So that is going to be available probably within the next month or so. By the uh, probably sometime early to mid June, those will start to be available. So that's really exciting. And and the. The mukaite effect with guidance and sixth chakra opening is really subtle and peaceful. Um, it doesn't um, uh, uh, upend anything in your field. It doesn't dramatically open anything. It's just this really gentle, uh, th- really gentle opening. Where when I work with one, I notice most of what comes out of my mouth is guidance for other people <laughs> casually. And so I've been doing professional readings for you know almost twelve years or eleven years, and um, I know how to talk to guides. I can hear them. I tune the frequency of consciousness to that radio station. But using a mukaite allows it to happen uh, without even me being really aware of it. It's really a beautiful, beautiful effect. So you can get in touch with your guides as well as if you want to offer guidance to others with the mukaite. So let's move on to those aspects, natal aspects, inner planets with Neptune. First, I want to say that, as I mentioned in the interview with Teza, Neptune can be a little foggy, and it asks us to surrender to something. Neptune in our natal charts has everything to do with seeking a higher truth, seeking to connect with a higher truth. Like Jupiter would be the seeking. Neptune would be the inner craving we have to connect to capital T truth, or what is truly meaningful. To be part of a movement, to be to know that we are part of creation and that we are welcome here and that we are not just insignificant specks. Neptune is the part of us that connects us to greater reality or, or the rest of humanity, the species, the collective, the ecosystem of life and consciousness on this planet and even to the planet itself. And when you read about Neptune remedies or prescriptions, it, a lot of it has to do with nature, 
and animals. And when you read those, sometimes you find, um, you're, you may remark to yourself, well, that's just a normal part of life, but oh my gosh, yeah, I would need to go out to connect. Like, I need to leave my little house, which is free of nature and animals, for, to some degree. If you have pets, it's different, but you know, I need to go out. Like, right now, I'm looking out my window at the wash, the uh, Rito uh, River here in Tucson that's, that's a, a wash. And uh, yeah, there are all these trees out there, and I hear, um, I see javelina at night sometimes, kind of these wild boar-like animals. And then I hear the coyotes. You've heard them on the show. Uh, so I need to go out there to connect to nature. And um, so Neptune represents the need to connect with a higher truth, with God, goddess, divinity, the species something, you know, the collective. So when Neptune shows up in your natal chart, this is the way that you can learn how to surrender in order to find meaning. Learn how to surrender to connect in order to derive a sense of meaningfulness about life. Yes, there's a point, there's a purpose, and it may be, it often is, beyond human logic. Actually, the point of life is always beyond the limitations of the, of the linear logical mind. So Neptune teaches us that. And in our charts, we have to surrender to what Neptune says, or we may feel that we are control freaks struggling against circumstance. So with Neptune conjunct an inner planet, let's say the sun, as I talked about with Teza, you're talking about this. the sun is a center of identity, the inner CEO. Like I think if, 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 if your consciousness is a meeting, a meeting of the minds and egos and hearts and, you know, conflicts and all that, then this the sun is the person who needs to be running this meeting, right? In the solar system, the sun is the center of gravity, and it's the solar system, right? It's not the Venusian system. It's not the, the jovial system. Having a healthy ego is part of the thing about sun. With Neptune there, your your ego needs to be Neptunian. Well, how do you do that? You know, that's that can be a very confusing thing. So I talked about with Teza, connecting with the Lilith energy and lower chakras can help her balance out that sense of surrender that sometimes can take over because Sun Neptune, she does it really well. But it's also you got to come back to lower chakra stuff. Neptune can relate to the seventh chakra to some degree, the root as well, but if we surrender to a higher truth, then we're surrendering to an, you know, in an upper chakra way. So with Neptune conjunct the sun, you may feel like you don't know who you are. You, you know, um, you may feel like you don't have a sense of identity because you are connected to everything. Conversely, you can struggle against that. You know, you can struggle against that and try to have control over things, which would make you kind of a crazy person over time. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I guess when I originally planned the show, I was thinking about conjunctions of Neptune to the planets, but I want to give you a sense, kind of running through running through a bunch of them. If you have a conjunction to Neptune with an inner planet, you are, that planet is Neptunian, and you cannot talk to that part of you without talking to Neptune, which can be, you know, the situation, the communication devolves into nonverbal um, colors flashing, and images and senses, sensations. So, so you can't talk to that planet without getting Neptunian. Uh, if it's uh, sextile Neptune, that inner planet is constantly being triggered by Neptune awareness, Neptunian issues. Trigger 
and poking and tickling, like poking in the ribs or tickling, is a is a key, is a set of keywords for a sextile. It's activating it. And don't think that trines and sextiles are good and all the others are bad. Don't don't assume that. That that's really kind of um, astrology in its consciousness infancy. It's not it's not going to work. But the sextile is triggering. You can't help but re- respond or react. So Neptune's sextiling an inner planet will have that planet being aware of Neptunian energy and having to respond. A square, about 90 degrees, sextile 60. The square is pressure and friction, so that inner planet may constantly feel abraded or pushed up against, or I've recently had the image <laughs> of um, like a brick wall against your face. <laughs> That's the image I've had lately of feeling pressure and feeling square, uh, squared. And um, so Neptune... The need to surrender to something, the need to give up control, the need to adapt to a higher truth, squares, which is, which is friction and pressure. So whatever that inner planet that's being squared by Neptune natally does, there's always a truth that is trying to trump what you're trying to do. It's a way of, like you can look at it in an evolutionary sense that, yes, there is a point, but that point may be beyond the logic of the mind, and it's to get you to surrender control over that planet to allow Neptune to come in in a way that may make parts of you uncomfortable, but can help you adapt to a higher truth. That's the square to Neptune natally idea. Um, the trine, Neptunian awareness and information, boosts and augments whatever that planet is doing. So realize Neptune has a water planet, uh, trining something may make that inner planet behave intuitively or have that inner planet's that, that part of you represented by that inner planet trying Neptune have access to information that you can't explain. Right? So Neptune trying Mercury would be you know something, you don't know why you know it. Neptune trying Mars, I keep doing this thing, but I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> Neptune trying Venus, I keep finding this in other people, I'm not sure why they're here. <laughs> like this this quality or this nudge or this thing you know, you can't know, you don't know why it's there, but it's coming in. It's like this uh, boosting energy of the trine. Again, trines are not good. Trines can lead to laziness uh, and taking things for granted and not expending effort to create things. Um, the opposition to an inner planet, that planet's function is opposed by Neptune, the need to surrender or to give up control. And the opposition can be as though gunslingers facing off at high noon in the street, right? This tense thing where no, somebody's not making it out of here alive. That kind of opposition idea of confrontation and tension, an argument, a disagreement. Or it can be somebody says, hey, can I offer you an image of you that you don't see because I'm over here and I can see you fully? You're, you know, you're you. You can't see it. So the opposition of an inner planet to natal Neptune, that inner planet's minding its own business. And there is a truth that keeps getting flashed from across the way or across the table, (laughs) the other side of the room. Do you know this is true about you? And Neptunian reflections to you can be uncomfortable. Neptune reflections can be, oh, yeah, um, you're like that, aren't you? And you're like, oh, my God, that doesn't feel good because it's the capital T truth that hasn't been in your awareness, but is but is real. So that's the idea, just running through those aspects. Um, some of you may know I do use the quincunx quite a lot, 150 degrees, 
which is an uncomfortable aspect, and by extension, I also use the the inconjunct, which is about 30 degrees or semi-sextile, which has the same a similar kind of energy. And Neptune in that kind of position, either 30 or 150 degrees away from another planet, will bring the sense of um, skin crawling, oil and water can't be in the same room with you within parts of the psyche. So you can check that out. That can be very fruitful to really get into um, if you have anything like that because what it means is that Neptunian information is constantly there and you don't know what to do with it. You feel like you can't be yourself if you adapt to it. And that's the kind of energy of a quincunx or an inconjunct, this 30 or 150. These are minor aspects. They're not Ptolemaic aspects. But I find that, especially when I'm doing Soul's Journey sound bites or looking at a karmic story for somebody, they explain a lot (laughs) about something that we don't see. So my thing with aspects, I don't use all minor aspects. But, you know... Recently, I was I was I heard Rick Levine give a talk uh, here in Tucson about um, outer planet transits and 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 kind of understanding Saturn cycles in your chart and and he was talking about quintiles and septiles and you know there's a compelling thing in there for me about that but I haven't begun using them but anyway uh, this thirteen hundred and fifty degrees I definitely am working with quite a lot these days. So so we're not going to cover every possibility every possible Neptune natal aspect with an inner planet. But now that we've done the, the aspects, I want to talk about the planets. Neptune and Sun, again, is identity. Identity. Who am I? And Neptune seeks to have you, when Neptune's aspect in the natal Sun, alter your identity by adapting to a greater truth or surrendering control. Sun, by its very nature in the natal horoscope, is about control. This is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I'm doing. And Neptune is always trying to get it to adapt. Moon is feelings, emotions, your perspective, your conception of need, and safety and security, and also belonging. And essentially, you have to feed your moon to be happy. So Neptune contacts with Moon make your emotional nature Neptunian. Again, think about it in terms of the confrontation of an opposition or the merging of a conjunction, um, which which I have, Moon uh, conjunct Neptune. It means that the giant satellite dish of Neptune absorbing all these things, this wide net sweeping through the ocean, collecting all this stuff, is affecting my Moon. My Moon operates according to Neptune's uh, bylaws, so to speak. Uh, you can't talk to my moon without Neptune and vice versa. Contacts of Neptune with Mercury natally are about perception, communication, how your mind works, but also what you're interested in. I actually have that conjunction as well. Moon, Mercury, Neptune all together in Sagittarius. So you might be interested in Neptunian things, or your mind may work in Neptunian ways, including... Um, well, actually, I have this, this thing I do, and I kind of chuckle at myself, but I do it. Um, two locks on the front door in my home. I never lock the doorknob and then leave. I always hold the keys in my left hand. <laughs> I hold the keys in my left hand, and I look at them, and I test the doorknob. I leave. I walk outside, right? I close the door behind me, testing the doorknob. I'm looking at the keys in my left hand, and I use the key to lock the upper lock. And then I go. Because I have in my Neptunian mind an image of what isn't true 
and what is true simultaneously. So I say, did I lock the door? And I'm like, yes. No. I don't know what happened today. So anyway, so I, had, I developed these protocols because my Mercury operates according to Neptune's laws, and I, sometimes I find illusion and fog taking over. So anyway, Mercury-Neptune, about what you're interested in, about how you communicate and process information, but it's also, you know, you can consciously access other realms, as I do guided readings and intuitive stuff and channeling. Um, but it also can be that, that mercurial control which the linear left brain is part of the Mercury archetype, uh, you know, it can't hold on to things. So m- Venus, Neptune aspects can make uh, affection very sweet <laughs> because your affection, your affection and your, but also your value system gets Neptunian. So you might idealize love with Venus Neptune contacts. You might uh, over idealize that. You might um, not see clearly. Because you're seeing the divine in the other person. And then, of course, you realize you're in 3D on Earth, and that person may disappoint you. This is a Venus-Neptune idea. Illusion in relationship. Projection in relationship. You want to see something be true, so you keep seeing it. It keeps turning out not to be true, and then you are disappointed. So that's kind of a Venus, a natal Venus-Neptune contact idea. Um, so we have to, with that, I'll suggest accepting the truth that you, um, your relationships are going to have a Neptunian flavor, so you intentionally choose what Neptunian flavor you're willing to experience. And that's the way to work with that. And then Mars Neptune, your sense of will and your sense of desire and your sense of self-assertion, that part of you, uh, is Neptunified. So um, when you do something with the natal Mars-Neptune contact... Neptune is involved. Think about whether it's a square in opposition to conjunction. So the energy is different. You know, the, the the way the energy comes out and is expressed is different. What Neptune's trying to share with or teach the, the natal Mars will be different with each aspect. But the idea is your will needs to be aligned with a higher purpose. And if it's a trine, it's going to come, you know, Neptunian impulse will flow in. If it's a square, Neptunian impulse will come in with friction tectonic plate energy, you may feel that your desire is always thwarted by some inescapable truth or fuzzy reality, but that's the idea with Neptune Mars. So we're coming up on the end of the show. This is A Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. You know, you can rate the show if you like it in iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, get a new episode every week. Um, You can also, and the ratings and reviews actually really help, so I'm asking you to do that uh, if you like the show. Also, you can subscribe to the archive and get 128 episodes uh, yearly or get some episodes individually at tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html. And I do readings. I do energy work. I do uh, channeling. And there is a wealth of audio and books on all kinds of metaphysical things. It's a playground over at tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me, and uh, I'll be back with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. 